This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing, is to give our attention to Jesus. Jonathan Edwards wrote, For as God is infinitely the greatest being, so is he allowed to be infinitely the most beautiful and excellent. And all the beauty to be found throughout the whole creation is but the reflection of the diffused beams of that being who hath an infinite fullness of brightness and glory. God is the foundation and fountain of all being and all beauty. Welcome, friends. Stacy here, and I'm so glad that you are joining me today wherever you are at. But wherever you are at, this is airing in the summer. Summer, 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 summertime. It's my favorite time of year, and beauty has enveloped Colorado Springs. It's green. It's luscious. Finally, the flowers are blooming. The trees have leaves on them. And I am so grateful. So I pray that today, in the words that we share and the pictures that we paint, God reveals his beauty more to you. And we're going to be talking about that. Because God's beauty is displayed in so many ways. It's displayed in the radiance of his absolute perfection. God is perfect. He doesn't rise to the level of perfection. He is perfect perfect. The psalmist declares in Psalm 50, from Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Jesus tells his followers in Matthew 5, 48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. God is perfect. His perfection permeates all his other attributes. God has no potential to be less perfect or more perfect He has eternally existed with his every attribute existing in absolute completeness. He cannot be anything more than he is, and he will never be anything less than he has always been. Our trouble here is that there's nothing in our human experience to compare to his perfection. We have a perfect moment. I call them golden moments that slip right into eternity, and they're to be enjoyed forever. But here, they're temporary. They pass. But God's beauty, it doesn't. God's beauty is also displayed in Jesus, who he is, what he's like, and what he's done. He is wholly lovely. He is altogether lovely. Psalm 27, 4 says, one thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Part of the beauty of the Lord is found in his attributes, his love, his holiness, his power, eternal, infinite, unchangeable being, his goodness, he is truth. In Isaiah 33, 17, it says that your eyes will behold the beauty of the king. They will see a land that stretches far. That verse is about the beauty 
of his excellence. In Psalm 52, it says, Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Here, the word beauty means attractiveness or desirability. Let me read a little from Psalm 45, this this whole psalm about the beauty of Jesus. It starts in verse 1. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Yes, God. Jesus is divine beauty. It's expressed in infinite, eternal, sacrificial, perfect love, so holy, so high above. And we will spend our lives and all eternity diving into the beauty of the Lord. And God has displayed his beauty in one of the most accessible ways for us to dive into it, to recognize it, that is revealed to us through his creation. He reveals his beauty, his boundless, irrepressible, glorious beauty. From thunder and lightning to a newborn baby, from mountain streams to shimmering snow. And friends, we need beauty. We need the beauty of God. We need the beauty of creation. Beauty heals. It heals trauma. It refreshes. It puts our souls at rest. It speaks hope. It says, like Julian of Norwich says, that all shall be well. All manner of things shall be well. I'd like to talk about that today and with two women who are beautiful, bearing the image of God uniquely, who are skilled at offering it in so many ways and who are nourished by it and met by God in it. With me in the studio today are two women from our staff here at Wild at Heart, the fabulous Polly Dodge and Jamie Gowdy. Welcome, gals. Thank Thank you, you. Stace. Hi, everyone. Ladies, when thinking about talking about this today, you two came immediately to mind because you are women particularly who love beauty. You create it, you offer it, and you delight in it. So I wanted to ask you about that. Why? Why is beauty so important to you? Mm. Jamie, you want to go first? Um, Sure, I will. I've always been someone who sees and seeks beauty. I could give you a, a snapshot of a very, very young Jamie. Please do. Um, a very young girl exploring the the land around our house growing up. Um, it was. It, I grew up in the South, and I remember a field behind our house that was just filled with wildflowers, mm. and and uh, it wasn't um, curated or cultivated yes. anyway. It was just wild, mm. um, and I spent a lot of time alone as a kid, not uh-huh. just because of my personality and and I enjoy spending time alone, but I would wander the 
the fields and collect wildflowers. You would. And I would make necklaces. What? You know how you can kind of braid the the, Yeah, tie it in the stems or crowns of flowers and then um, create, you know, this imaginative world where I am the princess and I'm adorned with leaves and flowers or picking blackberries and painting my lips with (laughs) very ripe juice. (laughs) Um, I've always loved color and um, texture. And so even, even from a very young age, that was part of who I was. And I think in my own way, that's how I communed with God and Mm. met with God, though I may not have had the words um, to put that to. Yeah. Yeah. That was instilled in me from very early. I was a creator um, all my life, mm-hmm. not a fine artist where you'd see anything hanging in a gallery, but um, I feel most alive when I'm creating, um, hopefully, something of beauty. So I see that interwoven throughout my days. I love that because you still make wildflower bouquets. I do. I do. That <laughs> is now, an incredible job. <laughs> now yes. my love for that, <clears throat> excuse me, my love for that has now uh, grown in different ways. And now I like to grow and cultivate the flowers and have beauty on my kitchen table or offer it to those around me for birthdays or whatnot. So what I'm hearing is that you loved it as a child, as a little mm-hmm. girl. And I would I would phrase that in my own mind as God was wooing you to his heart yes, through beauty. Yes. Exactly. And you said you came alive. Mm-hmm. You come alive with it. Mm-hmm. Wow. What about you, Polly? Why why is beauty so important to you? Um, like Jamie, I love growing and just sharing a story from this morning. Cause I got a little thrown. I was super excited to head to Lowe's after building a couple of raised beds totally inspired by visiting my sister in England and Colorado planting is a little different, but I was inspired to get going with raised beds a little late in the season. So I go to buy my plants this morning and I like, it's the joy of early morning, like before the world wakes up. And I was so excited and um, to be selecting and, and, you know, then to find the clearance ones and I could put the full price ones back because, you know, that's always good. (laughs) Exciting life of, watching, observing the life of a plant, you know, that's even struggling and then to see it come back in such beauty is just moves my heart. But then the enemy totally tried to step in and steal like my joy in this morning um, in the space where there was another woman gathering plants and I don't have to go into the details, but she ended up stealing (gasps) the whole like your heart of plants. What? And like it, I was just so unsettled because, like, I'm having this space with Jesus, and it was just totally stolen by, I just, yeah, so unsettling. But just to then choose to turn and meet Jesus again in the space of beauty and and allowing that, like, my love. What did you do, though, in that moment? Like My heart was just aching and just so, like, I don't understand. I don't understand how someone can do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, too, about how close I feel Jesus is in the space where I enjoy beauty. And my heart goes back to um, 
a story where he invited me to go away with him um, for some space. And I didn't know where and just asked him to show me where. And I think my Airbnb search included a hot tub <laughs> and perhaps a kitchen. How long were we going to get to go away? It was several nights. Oh, nice. Okay. And so then I narrowed it to Colorado. The second spot that popped up, I clicked on and I was, ooh, it 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 was a wood-fired hot tub. Oh. And I'm like, I love hot tubs, <laughs> but like wood-fired is way, way better than that. So I, I booked this place and packed my car, nervous a little bit to or unsettled perhaps to be doing it alone as in mm-hmm. my love is to be with people. Yes. But he had made it clear that it was going to be me and him. And it was a good drive, about a five-hour drive. And I packed my car with a lot of unknown. But as I'm driving, I am seeing beauty like I've never seen in my life. Like, first water, and it was like endless water, and then get to canyons, and it's just deep, beautiful, beautiful canyons where I'm stopping and looking and getting out and then going another mile and getting out and looking and taking pictures and trying to video because I was wanted to share all the beauty that I was experiencing. And Eventually, I had to, because it was a long drive, focus on getting getting going Stop on getting the road. Out of the car. <laughs> Stop enjoying the beauty. But I get to this cute little cabin where there are chickens greeting me as I get out of the car. And there's a garden. And I love gardens, as we've said, just to grow what you eat and to enjoy the flowers. And there's a tent outside with a bed so I could use the cabin or use the tent. And then I go in on into the cabin. I love tents, by the way. I love camping. Um, but wow. I do go into the cabin and there are fresh eggs from the chickens mm. on the counter and locally made bread. And I don't have words. I'm in awe of just the beauty of baked goods, the beauty of life, the beauty of plants, the beauty of vegetation. This is your love language. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so unbeknownst to me, this was wine country, and I love wine, so decided I would go explore a winery. I'd never been to one. And so I drive on a like crazy steep dirt road, one lane road to get there, do a tasting. And I am experiencing flavor like I have never experienced with the notes that I didn't know were possible. And I'm just sharing this space with Jesus and in awe of getting to talk to the winemaker who has worked the vineyard, planted the vines and made the wine and it reaches the depths of my heart. It it was just blessing after blessing after blessing of beauty because the next day I go to another winery and I cross this like one lane rickety old bridge like wood with 
you know, I can covered. hear it in my mind. The yes. It make. And turn in and it's the river. This, <gasps> this vineyard is on the river and it's like they're Adirondack chairs and there's no one around. And it's, I always say his voice sounds like water to me. Aww. So I, I do a wine tasting and then get a glass of wine and go sit by the water and just breathe him in. <gasps> and the best thing ever to just sit in the space of water, the healing of water, the sound of water just healing my heart mm-hmm. and reaching the depths. Pause there. Pause there for a second. What, what is I'm imagining it. And what's happening? You have a busy life and the pace of life. What's happening to your soul when you're immersed in this? Do you remember what it felt like? I think just the quiet of like the peace and just the water is moving, Mm -hmm. but I am still and getting to rest in the stillness, but hear the movement of the water and see the way the the grass and leaves that are touching the water move. Mm -hmm. And then on occasion, you know, the stick that's moving down the river and just watching that and its movement is breathtaking. Mm -hmm. Like just, it's hard to find words to picture it, the healing and the Jesus coming to my heart and seeing me, seeing what I love is priceless. So after spending a good bit of time down by the water, he invites me to go see what vegetables or fruit is available for picking because this place isn't just a vineyard. It has a garden that you can pick. You pick (laughs) garden. And so I go in and ask the guy and he's a little gruff, but he's like, yeah, there should be some raspberries left. And like you, Jamie, I love picking berries. Like I picked blackberries as a kid and that was my favorite Uh thing to go outside and, you know, (laughs) fill bowls full of berries to get to go with Jesus and pick raspberries was just full delight. Mm -hmm. And there are bugs, but it's like, it doesn't even matter because (laughs) the joy of getting to pick something and then enjoy eating it, there's nothing better. Than how it tastes, fresh off the vine. Yes. Yes. I have a couple questions for you. But first, what I'm really hearing is just the goodness of the delight that you're sharing. And also the personal... This is how he speaks to you. He knows what you love and he's surprising you with it in abundance. Yes. Over, I mean, unexpected over and over, like, (laughs) you know, to get to the cabin and have the eggs and the bread and the chickens and the garden. And it it just got better and better. And I, I, I was not, I couldn't believe how much he knew everything I love and put it right on the path for me. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Beautiful. Polly, um. Like when you were by the river, which I love rivers, mm-hmm. the sound of rivers, this, the, everything about them. Um, you said he invited you to go see if there was anything you could pick. Could you say a little bit about that? How did he invite you? I sensed a nudge and it was a little bit of space of discomfort. It was sitting and wrestling for a few minutes of like, well, what if there's nothing to pick? And what if... I come back empty-handed, but he just said go. Mm, mm. And I think 
much of the wrestle on that trip was I wanted to be doing the trip with someone. But his invitation was to go by myself. But in the moment of getting up to go and ask and sensing my joy of the hope of getting to pick some fruit, he reached out to me and said, I'm doing this with you. We are doing this together. Mm. So he just met me in the space and even heightened my joy. Oh, that's beautiful. That's rich. Yeah, I think of the communion with God. I'm sensing his invitation, maybe hearing it or feeling the nudge, and then the risk you took to say yes, mm-hmm. like to get in that car and right. to go. Mm-hmm. Like that was big, and um, I love that you said yes. Yes. Ah, I could dive into that. I want to hear mm. even more about it, but okay, I want to turn to you, <laughs> Jamie, and just ask you, um, how does he meet with you in beauty? How does it speak to your heart? Do you have a story that's um, an adult one? or What I'd like to say is that over the years and over the decades that yeah. I've walked with God, beauty is something that he has sought to cultivate um, within my seeing or within my hearing, and it kind of became a practice of mine just to notice beauty. Uh, uh-huh. um, it didn't have to be some big event or something planned, but seeing beauty where where it is and where I am. Um, so I garden, and gardening isn't just about picking the flowers or picking the vegetables, there's a lot of dirty work that goes into it. A lot of planning, a lot of digging with your hands and mixing soil components and and, and creating a space for the plants to thrive. And so a lot of my spring is spent with seedlings and soil and worms and in preparation of a garden. And um, I love it. It's hard work, but but, um, it's a part of my year that I greatly enjoy. But then there's this. So I'm walking across the street from my house to our community mailbox, like one of those big concrete structures that holds everyone's mailbox. Uh And um, as I cross the street, there's a place in the street that I think the land had settled a bit after um, our neighborhood was you know, put into existence. Yeah. And so the street itself has cracked and there's a little crevice that runs all the way across the street. Like one of those things that goes thunk, thunk when you drive over it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and this crevice is not filled with cultivated soil or um, anything that a human being has worked with. It's gravel and dust and gray dirt. I was walking across to our mailbox the other day, and I noticed that there are plants growing in this desolate crevice. (laughs) Plants that nobody has cultivated from seed. No one has tended the soil, and yet there they are. They're growing in, in a desolate space, I would call. Some might call them weeds, but they've got leaves and green, <laughs> and there's obviously roots, and so there's sometimes flowers. And I just, it, it made me laugh and then almost want to weep because we can try so hard to cultivate a rich environment with which beauty grows, or we, no, we take note of, of something that's been created. And yet there are times 
where there's a plant growing in a dusty, gravelly crevice that no one has had their hand in, but there it is, and it grows. So I just feel like there's there's the easy beauty um, that we should attune to. I mean, we live in Colorado, as probably most people know, and you just gaze up into the sky, and there's Pikes Peak covered in snow, tree line, rocks, craggy formation, green, gray, white. It's just there. And I think probably everyone here and maybe everyone listening has places of easy beauty, not to not to dismiss that as something less than what it is, but it's easy to see. It's easy to recognize. It's easy to tune into. It's easy to gasp and, and behold. Uh-huh. And then what I have been noticing in my own life is um, how God also provides beauty in the crevices, in in the Mm. desolate Mm. spaces. He talks about that a lot in Isaiah um, and the Israelites being in the desert and desolation is used a lot, wilderness is used a lot. And and he says, but I'm coming to create streams in the desert. Mm. And and that makes me think of my road weeds <laughs> yeah <laughs> that are there and and how much more rich my life in god can be if i can still find beauty in the desolate places in the wilderness in the dry deserts um john talks about it in journey of desire that the tension of of beauty and affliction mm-hmm. to be able to to recognize beauty and let it pierce you even in times of affliction mm. um that's something that god has been curating i think with me over time oh wonderful i, I love i love the easy and rich beauty but i'm starting to see it in places i wouldn't have before and and that breathes life into those spaces. That's so good, and that so translates because what you describe is easy beauty, like looking up and seeing Pikes Peak. How often since I live here too do I stop noticing? Mm-hmm. Um, someone asked me recently, "Do you still notice it? Does it still?" And I have to remember, yeah, because I can just take it for granted. But to notice what's around and how that translates to relationships. And situations, um, seasons of, of things actually going well, mm-hmm. which is usually related to how are my children doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> and then the desolate places makes me think of beauty from ashes, mm-hmm. how nothing is out of its purview. And then to be struck by those places where you didn't expect it or the resurrection of places in our own hearts or stories or relationships, situations, he comes. But to find him in those places, to receive his beauty as a ministry, as hope, as knowing that actually no, even in this season, whether it's winter physically or spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm to find the beauty in it. Both of you talked about cultivating beauty and you're both gardeners. And I'm curious about that. I just, you're, you're little eaves, you know, like you're <laughs> bringing back Eden. And um, Polly, what is it for you about 
ah, getting your hands dirty. And do you know? I mentioned the beauty of early morning Mm -hmm. before the world arises, the sunrise, getting that space. And in the process of cultivating, as Jamie mentioned, it is a lot of work, but there's something that is so masterful to see something go from seed to plant and watch it grow and then to watch it fruit, blossom, and just the process to invest in that. And I totally find communion with the Father in that space. And just when I'm choosing to work in a garden, flowers, vegetables, even in pulling the weeds, I find messages and conversation with him that is so rich for my heart and rich for my life. So it's so many layers and levels, getting so many layers and levels, getting to see the growth process, getting to see the beauty, but then what's taking place behind the scenes in my heart is really incredible too. Wow. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. It so translates, doesn't it? Like you were talking, even the weeds like, and the process, it really does speak. I, I talk about my daffodils testifying to the resurrection because <laughs> they do. It's like right. in springtime, what? You looked dead, world. Right. And, and you came back. You, you are alive. And I let it minister to my soul. Mm-hmm. I think... To engage in beauty, it takes intentionality. Yes. Like it takes setting down the to-do list, setting down all that's going on in your life and engaging, asking God for beauty, Mm -hmm. asking him to take you into beauty. So it can even be something as simple as a walk and slowing down enough to notice the beauty around And it's fascinating to me. Like this spring, I was blown away by these little wildflowers, bright little purple wildflowers on the edge of the road. And it was the angle. Like when you got right over them, you couldn't even see them. (laughs) But at the angle, when you were on a hill Ah. and you could see the angle. And so certain spots, there were fields of these, where like fields of purple. But it takes the pause. If you just Mm. rush past, you miss it. So it, it requires you to choose to engage. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I think similar to that and also with little purple flowers, um, a couple springs ago, which spring in Colorado is kind of sprinter, um, you still have blizzards and ice. Right. But but at the same time, the earth is trying to— Oh, sprinter. I just got it. That's good. The earth is trying Mm. to come back, and who knows if it was March or April, or I was walking my dog, and there's snow on the ground, but it's some of it is melted. There's dirt. There's snow and there's dirt. And I noticed in the patches that were kind of melted are these tiny little plants with little tiny purple flowers sticking out of this Uh, dirt. And I win. I win. Had I not stopped like I didn't have to notice or I could have missed it but because over the years I'm attuned to to looking for it and to noticing because I think it's better than not noticing 
I I noticed this and I um, knelt down to examine oh, them. There you go. And then realized that they're actually growing underneath that snow and ice. Like if I chipped away the oh. snow and ice, like they're they're there. They're covered up. Oh they're goodness. still waiting. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> this is this is transferable as well. Yeah, uh. but but what happens in our hearts if we choose to notice? If we if we choose to look, we see God in ways that we wouldn't have if we just brushed by. So I'd encourage our listeners even today to to pause and and to look around and to ask God, where where is your beauty for me? now or today or this week and it's so good see what see what happens from I'm gonna there do that. just step outside yeah like yeah ask for the eyes to see mm-hmm. and then ask him what are you saying to me about yourself or how you see me mm-hmm. through this beauty and romance my heart win me again so friends let's do that let's pray together that beauty would have its way with us yes, and um, grow in us, that we might cultivate our hearts, that we would see it, receive it, and have God speak to us, minister to us, heal us, bless us, reveal more of himself to us through it. So Jesus, we do that. God, we do. Some of us are gardeners. Some of us aren't. Some of us naturally see and recognize your generous hand, your lavish beauty, and some of us don't. But we all want to, God. We want to see you more clearly in your beauty and in the way you so generously scatter it about our world to tell us about yourself. So open our eyes that we might recognize it, your beauty, your gifts, and in it, how you delight in us, how you know what we love, and that we might just rest in it in awe and delight. Thank you, Jesus. Bring beauty to us, even in the places in this moment that may feel like ashes. We love you. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Polly. So good to be with you. So good, Stacey. Thank you. you. Have a great day, everyone. Till next time. Hi, everyone. This is Stacey Burton, the producer of the Captivated Podcast. If you've been a regular listener, you've heard the encouraging teachings offered and the incredible conversations Stacey has had with her guests. So wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. May you be filled with the goodness of his love today, and we look forward to having you join us next time. Mm